Good morning. Welcome to Thrive Church. We're so glad you're here. We're excited that people are here worshiping God together in one place. And those of you that are watching online, worshiping God with us online. And, you know, here at Thrive, you know, our, our motto is don't just survive, thrive. Uh, we do it in three ways, grow, develop, succeed. We're growing a kingdom of God. We're not growing just a local church. We're growing a kingdom of God. As long as people get into church, that's great, and get involved in church. And then what we're doing is we're developing our character, our response to people. We're developing that. And as we're developing our character, the way we succeed is we succeed by doing the call of God on our lives, what he's called us to do in our local church and in our community. And that's what it's all about. Amen? Well, last week we ended a, a phenomenal series on dreams, reigniting dreams. But see, today, we're going to tack on to that, and the way we're going to tack on to it, we're going to talk about detoxing. We're going to detox ourselves. What do you mean detox? Well, we'll get to that in a second. I want to start today to do 21 days of prayer. Today. The second. And end up back here on the 16th, through 21 days of prayer, and this is what I want to pray about. I want to pray about, you know, you guys need to pray about your visions, the dreams that God has given you. Ask God to reveal these things to you, show these things to you. Also, ask God to reveal to you the dreams of the church and the vision of the church. What we're to do collectively and what we're to do individually. And that's what I want to pray about. Amen? So, what we need to realize is this. When we're talking about detoxing, we're not talking about detoxing from drugs and alcohol like most people think of. We're talking about detoxing, a cleansing, if you will, of our spirit, our soul, and our body. Because what happens is things try to pollute you. Things try to attach to you. And some people, they're like, well, you know, I, I know what a body is, and they put the spirit and the soul together, but actually, the spirit and the soul are two different things. The, the Bible says... The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide us under of the what? Of the spirit and the soul. So that can be divided. Well, then what are the spirit and the soul? I'm glad you asked me that. The spirit is who God is, what God is. He's a spirit. And, and the spirit being the spirit man that he is, it's like breath, pneuma. Well, okay, then what's the soul? It's the mind, the will, the intellect, and the emotions. See, your mind, your will, your intellect, and your emotions don't get born again. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you still have that stinking thinking. Okay? That's the soul. But your spirit was created brand new. The Bible says we became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things, they're all passed away. They're all gone. They're all dead. But I have been made new, it says. And as a matter of fact, in the Greek, that word is a new type of species. Well, what type of species did you become? The God kind of species. That's why we're sons and daughters of God and not sons and daughters of the world. Does that make you God? No. But it makes you a child of God. We are adopted into his family. We are born again. Amen? 
So now we kind of understand that. Well, what's the body all about? Well, the body doesn't get born again either. It decays. We live on planet Earth in this realm, right? You can't see the spirit. You can't see the soul in this realm. So this is like being on the moon and having a space suit on. Your body is like a space suit. It's what gives you the right to function on the planet. So we're going to talk about detoxing the spirit, the soul, and the body. Amen? All right. The Apostle Paul, when talking to the church, he said this in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 7, 1. He said, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. What? Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. That means don't have a commonness with unbelievers. Don't have such a closeness with unbelievers that it's, that it's affecting your walk with God. He said, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? He didn't say don't go out and, and work with them. He didn't say don't go out and, and minister love to them, pray for them, encourage them. He said don't get so close that you start smelling like them. Don't get so close that you're so wrapped up around the world and worldly things that, that people can't tell the difference between you and them. See, people need to be able to tell that there's a difference between the church and the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So when he gave his son, what did he do that for? To separate us from the things of this world, from the things that are going on in this world. He said, what harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Well, the, so in other words, this building here, brick and mortar, this is not the temple of God. You personally are the temple of God. So what? The temple of God is living, is breathing, is alive. And you and I are the temples of God. That's what this just said right there. So we need, so the temple of God basically walks around this planet and we bring God with us everywhere we go. Man, that's powerful. I mean, if we really understand that and, and, and if we really believe that, that, that God is with us everywhere we go. You know, when you go to the bar and you get trashed, he's with you? Just saying. And God has said... I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from uh, them and be separate, says the Lord. So God's saying the type of relationship I want to be with you is so close. I want to be so close with you. I want to be walking with you and, and talking with you and ministering to you. I want to be like I was close with Adam. I want to be closer to you. But the only way we can do that is if we separate ourselves. From the world. There has to be a detoxing. Well, Pastor, I thought this goes with dreams and visions. It sure does. Because it, you can't get your dream and you can't get your vision and you can't get your passion and until you start cleaning up the pollution in your life. Our lives are toxic when we hang out with people who are toxic and when we do toxic things, it just it gets it it, it just progresses. Then we have all this guilt and all this shame, and, and we do all these things in secret in the dark. Oh, shh, don't let them know. 
Well, God's with you. He knows. He's omnipresent. And then you start saying, well, my, well why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God do this? Because you're toxic. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, if you were not toxic, you would have more of God working in your life. Pastor, how come you don't have that? Because I'm toxic. What? Yeah, I've got stuff in my life I deal with that I have to peel that onion away. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm just farther along than some people, and some people are farther along than me. But we're all toxic, and we need to work on this. So if we want more of God in our life, it depends on how much of the world we keep. He said, touch no unclean thing. I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends. What promises? Well, I'll tell you what the promises are. The promises are he's going to get close to you if you walk away from the things of the world. That's the promise. He said, I'm promising you if you get the the." toxic things out of your life, I'm going to get closer to you. You're going to, I'm going to reveal myself to you in a greater way. Man, that's, this is awesome. He goes on to say, from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence. So what's this series about? Detoxing. The word detoxing means getting rid of the things that contaminate you. And that's what it means. There's things that, that, that are just trying to stick to you. So today's message, we're going to get into the spiritual detox, and we'll get into the soul detox in another message, and we'll get into body t- detox in another message. In Romans chapter 7, prior to chapter 8, which is in your uh, notes, in chapter 7, you see Paul, in around verse 14 or so, really upset. Really, he's, he's doing the things he doesn't want to do, and he, he doesn't know why he's doing it, and he just, he's just battling with himself. And, and, you know, I know some of you do that. I know I do that at times. You know, I, or I'm battling. I have a war that's going on on the inside. And really, to be honest with you, the war in Paul's life was that of grace and that of the law. And so he was battling this, and, and, and he was fighting this, and it was just really overtaking him, and then finally... He got the answer in chapter 8. Chapter 8, everything started changing. In chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, it says, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. So the reason why, if you live a messed up life, it's because you desire the messed up things. Well, you know, I really didn't want to do it. Yeah, you did. Because if you didn't want to do it, you wouldn't have done it. Let me make it really simple. I don't want to eat dog food. I don't care if you tell me it tastes good. And guess what? I'm not going to eat it. No matter how good somebody might say it tastes. Because I know it's poop. Right? So, that being the case, somebody who eats that dog poop, it's because they really want to eat it. Okay? So fill in the blank. You put in whatever you want and fill in that blank, and you only do it because you want to do it. 
And the only reason why you say you don't want to do it is because now you're guilty about it. And if you're eating dog poop, you're just sick. <clears throat> All right. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So the reason why some people have awesome lives, and I'm not talking about MTV lives and the lives of the rich and famous because they don't have awesome lives. They're really jacked up in their relationships. Look at their children. Look at everything they're doing. So I'm just talking about people who live awesome lives, whether they have money in their pocket or whether they don't. The reason why they have awesome lives is because they set their minds on the right thing. They set their minds on the things of the spirit instead of the things of the world. It says the mind of a sinful man, of, of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. So in other words, you can't have peace if you're living according to the things of this world. The only way you can have peace here is, he said, if you focus on the other things, the things of the Spirit. That's the only way to have peace at all. Okay? For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death, that means detox, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So in the detoxing process, you start living. Because when you have all these toxins on you, they're killing you, whether it's killing you physically, emotionally, mentally. I mean, it's killing you. It's taking you out of the equation. It's killing your dreams. It's killing your passions. You've given up because you're thinking, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I'm 60. I'm 70. I'm 80 years old. I can't do it. Listen, you're still here, baby. And God still has a plan for your life. Because God loves you. He has, when he doesn't have a plan for your life anymore, you won't be here. When you've done everything you are to do and, and, and you're done, you're going to check out. No matter how old or young you are. When it's time, it's time. Now, God does promise, promise, give us promises of long life. So I don't believe that young people go home because he's really done with them. I believe usually young people go home because we have an evil world we live in and people make stupid decisions. See, God doesn't put sickness, disease, or anything on people. That's not his will. You can't find it in the Bible, no matter how hard you search. But since us Intelligent beings think that we're so smart, we're smarter than God, we blame it on God. Well, God gave me AIDS to teach me something. Well, would you give your child something to teach like that to teach them something? Come on, give me a break. And if God, being a better father than any father on the planet that's walking, why would we even attribute that to him? I'm going to tell you why it happens. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. To the flesh, destruction, corruption. To the spirit, life. How come some people get healed of cancer and other people don't? God's not a respecter of persons. Why? Well, 
I can't tell you why in every individual case, but I can tell you he didn't want that person to die of cancer. Maybe he was telling that person to stop smoking. And they kept smoking. Stop drinking Gatorade. Stop drinking Coca-Cola. Just whatever. Stop, stop whatever that is toxic to you. Stop doing that. And guess what? Your body will start healing itself because that's the way God created it. You know, it costs a lot to uh, detox. You know that, right? To detox your body. That's because the world wants to kill you. I'm serious. It costs more money for them to put together all the chemicals and stuff they put into bad food that they sell for a low cost than for them to grow healthy food and give you healthy food and, and they put it at a higher cost. It's kind of like diesel. It's cheaper to make diesel, but diesel's higher than gas. It never used to be. It used to be the other way around, but then all these people started liking diesel. So then it's like, oh yeah. Then they switch it. Toxic. So what do we do about it? Well, the first thing, this would be, this would be the first thing you write in your notes. Star you starve it. It's doubt. Doubt. See, doubt, you have to starve doubt. Doubt is toxic. You have to stop believing in your own intellect and your own reasoning and start believing in God's intellect and God's reason, reasoning. I, I, on Facebook yesterday, day before, something like that, um, I wrote on there that I'm not going to be on for the next six days. I'm, I'm doing, you can call it a, a media fast. And I might do it the whole 21 days uh, we're praying, but this is the thing. If you take something in your life that is causing doubt to you, and you take it out of your life for the next six days, next Sunday, you know what? You're going to be a better person. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to think better about the world because the news is toxic. Social media is toxic. Democrats, Republicans, and liberals are toxic. <laughs> All of them, toxic. Anytime we're dividing against each other, anytime we're putting God out the window, it's toxic. And anybody involved in it, you're toxic. So what do we do? Trusting what God has to say. Right? That's what we do. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, and what? And lean not, and what? And lean not on your own understanding. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care if you have a master's degree, a doctorate's degree. That's your understanding. That's not God's. In the Bible, in this church, I guarantee you I'm the most educated. I've been to three Bible colleges. I have enough credits to have two master's degrees in theology. Taught at a seminary. Does that make me the smartest man in the Bible? No. As a matter of fact, someone with less than a high school education could be smarter than me if he's opening up his mind and his heart to the Holy Spirit while he's reading the Bible because the Holy Spirit will teach him personally. But according to my own understanding, I'm smarter than anybody here. That's scary. Because I know how dumb I really am. Toxic. 
Boy, I had somebody clap on me being stupid. That's <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. So, from doubt, we go to negativity. Right? Well, negative people are so funny. Because they're even negative about people who are positive. So they're positively negative. Right? I mean, I've been around negative people, and they get so mad that I'm positive all the time. Well, you got to kill it. That's a toxic. Negativity will stop God from moving in your life the way he wants to move in your life. You have to quit talking about people. If you want to talk about somebody, talk about yourself. And don't talk about yourself negative. Say, I'm blessed. I'm prospered. I'm smart. I have the mind of Christ, and I'm good looking. And you stop, look in the mirror and say it. Why? Because you need to build your self-esteem up, your self-worth up, because the world is trying to take it away from you. And you are not what the world has defined you. You are who God has defined you, and he has defined you as his child, as an heir, joint heir with Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. So you need to look at that. So what you need to do? You need to choose to think what God thinks. You need to choose that. You need to choose to think his way. Isaiah 26.3 says this in the New King James Version. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God's got your back. He, he knows what's best for you. He knows that gasoline is not good for my diesel truck. I would rather pay the gasoline price than the diesel price. But he knows that if I put that gasoline in that diesel engine, I'm no longer driving that truck anymore. I'm going to take it someplace, and it's going to cost a whole lot of money, so I'm pro it's probably going to be a paperweight somewhere. Amen? So God is the one who manufactured you. God is the one who created you. God's the one who designed you. So the way he thinks about you, he knows what's best for you. He's not trying to say, hey, don't do that because, you know, I'm trying to control you. He's saying, no, I know what that's going to do to you. That's going to be toxic. It's going to ruin you. It's going to destroy you. Don't eat that poop. I don't care if it tastes like a brownie. Don't eat it. It's poison. It's toxic. And that's what we need to do. We need to check into that. Ephesians 4.29 in the New Living Translation, it says, don't use foul or abusive language. What? Just don't cuss. Why? Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Because you know when you're going, beep, 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 you're not encouraging anybody. You might be feeling good for that moment that you're just, then all of a sudden, you know, you look over and you see a little five-year-old and you go, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Well, of course, you shouldn't have said it anyway, five-year-old or not. Watch what you say. And I'll tell you what, what's worse than profane words or, or anti-faith words are words that, that, that give doubt and unbelief. It's worse. That's cussing. That's profane. Anytime that you, not, oh, Lord. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to the next one. Sin. Yeah. Well, see, if I went there, trust me, I would spend 15, 20 minutes there and maybe longer. It's, 
I'll go there on another day when I think clear. Sin is always going to be toxic, no matter what. Okay? It is. And the reason people, um, well, let me tell you what sin is. Sin is not just the bad thing you do. Sin defined as missing the mark. And so if you miss the mark, it's probably because you're aimed at the wrong target. So if you want to stop sinning, aim at a different target. And then you'll start hitting the mark. And don't aim at another target that's not the mark. I mean, like, say if there's 80 targets out there, and you're supposed to hit the one that has the red dot on it, aim for the one with the red dot. Aim for the one that God's trying to show you and, and realign yourself, and then, boom, what happens? You stop sinning. Well, pastor, you know, everybody sin. Of, of course they do, but you don't have to do the same thing again and again and again. You can stop doing that sin and start working on other sin as, as you go along. You know? Because people, oh, well, you know, everybody's going to sin, so this, this is going to be the sin I'm going to do. Yeah. No. See, we're not held in bondage to sin because of the grace of God, which is God's divine ability working in me and through me to give me the strength and the power to do the things that I could not do in my own power and ability. That's grace. The Bible says, by grace, by God's power and ability that's working in me and through me, by grace, through faith, I'm saved. So by me trusting in God's power and ability to work in me and through me, to give me the strength, power, and ability to do the things that I cannot do in my own power and ability, I can be saved from sin. I can be saved from sickness, disease. I can be saved from poverty. I can be saved from lack. I can be saved. Because that word saved in the Greek is sozo, which just doesn't mean going from earth to heaven. The word sozo actually means that plus deliverance, healing, prosperity. Why? Because these things were under the curse of the law. And Jesus came to deliver us from the curse of the law. But the curse of the law is in the world system. And because it's in the world system, we fall underneath this curse. And the only way we can get out of this is by having faith in the grace of Jesus and allowing God to deliver us supernaturally. I mean, I can tell you story after story after story how God has delivered myself, my wife, my family supernaturally in ways that it is impossible for man to do. And I'm sure if you think about some of the things that you've gone through, how God has come to the rescue for you too. Because he's no respecter of persons whatsoever. Now don't take that off my preaching time. This is not in my notes. So instead of turning to sin, turn to what God wants. Take a look at what he wants. It's not just enough to detox. You have to do something about it. See, it's not just something to take something out. You have to put something back in. Because if you don't put something back in, according to the Bible, when that demonic being was taken out of the man, he got seven buddies to come back with him because the guy didn't fill it up with something else. So it's not enough just to take it out. We have to put something 
back in. So for the next six days, I want you to starve doubt, negativity, and sin. And then I want you to feed on the next three things I'm going to give you. The first one is God's word. For the next six days, I want you to feed on God's word. I want you to get into the Bible because the Bible says itself, it's full of spirit, it's full of life. I don't want you to go over into the Bible where there there are people getting killed and murdered and all that. No, no, no. Go into the New Testament where Jesus lives. Get to know Jesus a little bit better. Because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The acts that I do, the things that I do, everything that I do, you've seen the Father. So for the next six days, I want you to start getting closer to God. Start starving some things. Get into the Word. Start thinking on his thoughts, what his thoughts are about. See, because the thing about the Old Testament, most people really don't understand it. See, the Jews didn't understand it, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And Jesus proved it to him. He said, he said, y'all read the word, know the word better than everybody else, but you hadn't figured out it's talking about me. Everything's pointing to me, he said. So if everything's pointing to Jesus, and they couldn't figure it out with the Old Testament scriptures, we need to be turning to Jesus and saying, okay, what's this about? And this is the best way to explain it. The Old Testament is the test. The New Testament is the answers to the test. Well, you should never take a test without studying for the answers. Because that's pretty stupid. Amen? All right. Now all you people online are going over the New Testament now. Thank you very much. Anyway, Psalms, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, happy are those who reject the advice of evil men. Instead, they find their joy in obeying the law of the Lord. They study day and night. Well, let me explain law of the Lord. Law of the Lord is, oh, well, you know, thou shalt not, thou shalt. No, 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 no. All the commandments, everything that I said hangs on love. That's what he said in the New Testament. So if you study love, you're not going to cheat on your spouse. You're not going to steal from your neighbor. You're not going to uh, be jealous. I mean, those things aren't going to happen because you know love. Because if I love you, I don't want to do anything to hurt you. So study love. So take this week and go, I will something. That should be in your notes, right? Write down, I will, you know, read the Bible, uh, a scripture a day for six days. As a matter of fact, the best thing to do is find maybe six promises of God. And for the next six days, read one promise a day and meditate on that promise all day long. And anytime negativity and doubt comes in, just go back to that promise because God said. God said. Just like when Jesus was in the wilderness and, and the devil was trying to tempt him, he said, no, God said. No, God said. See, if you go back to that, then all of a sudden some things are going to change in your life. The next thing is this, is worship. We have an Alexa at home, and I'm not talking about my daughter who was singing up here on stage. So we changed it to Echo because every time we talked about Alexa, which I guess was a lot, it started answering, and she wasn't in the house. <laughs> so we changed it to Echo. So this is what we do. 
um, we'll say Echo, play some Bethel worship. And so Echo will find Bethel worship and start playing it in our house. And so we set an atmosphere. You remember when I had Misty come up here and play the keyboard a few weeks back? You remember how the atmosphere changed? Well, when you get into the Word, change the atmosphere. Turn off CNN, MSNBC, Fox, whatever you are. Turn it off. Turn on some worship. And you can have it, have it, you don't have to have it real loud, just have it low and just 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 meditate. Meditate. Start thinking about the, the word that you just had read and just just start. And then maybe if you want to start, you know, tapping in with a song, start singing to God. You know, well, you know, hey Pastor, I just don't have time to do that. Do you have time to breathe? Do you have time to take a shower? You have time. I mean, you could put worship music on in the shower, in the car, wherever. You can do that. Well, you know, I just don't have time to read. Get a CD or something and put it in your car and listen to some work. You have time to do whatever you want to do. That's true. Well, you know, Pastor, I didn't have time to call you. I was too busy. You had time to do whatever you wanted to do. You didn't call me because you really didn't want to. I know I'm talking about six of you. I just looked at you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, Philippians 4, 8, 9, it says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. So as we set our minds on these things, then God's going to be with us. And the best way to set our minds on these things is start worshiping God. As you worship God, you're, you're starting to, whoo. I mean, whoo. Leah, I love you. And I'm in love with you. And, you know, right now, when Leah hears these things, it makes her feel good. And because it makes her feel good, it makes me feel good. So when we start worshiping God, it makes him feel good. And because we love him, it makes us feel good. I mean, that's, it, see how simple that is? I mean, it's simple. We're not just singing songs. Or what was that, Steve Martin, the jerk? You know, we're not just singing songs. We're not just trying to get rhythm. We're trying to connect with God in a supernatural way. We're trying to have our lives changed. And this is the last one. And we'll close right here. Prayer. Remember, we've got to get rid of three things. So we've got to bring in three things. Because if we, don't bring, if we don't bring something in to replace it, we're going to be in a worse position than when we started. So I'm giving you the things to do. So in prayer, I will whatever. I will pray 20 seconds. What? Maybe that's all you can handle. I'll pray 20 seconds a day. Why don't you tell me five minutes or an hour? Listen, you're not praying at all right now. Do something that you can do that you won't feel guilty about, that you missed it, and then not do it the next day because you felt guilty from the first day. That's how we all do that. So do something. 